Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Like, one time I didn't have paper go down with, like, extra shit. So I grabbed the... And I was like, let me just like jab it into the Jesus what? So I was like I was I was like, let me just pretend this is a plunger and like let this shit go down. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and you are tuning in for the second recap of Love is Blind Season 3. Today, we're going to be breaking down Episode 3, Episode 4. We're going to get to all those plays. We're going to get to all those MVPs, all those errors. We got some Jorge Morenos in these episodes. We got some creatures in these episodes. And of course, we got some 
staggeringly incredible face play, which I cannot wait to get to. But before we get to any of that, we have a very important message from two heavyweights from our beloved game. Hey, Nick, guess what I did last week? Uh, I don't know. Are you making more of your signature sauce? Well, I'm always making more sauce, but that's not what I'm talking about. I joined the Gore Patreon. Serena can't keep me off it. She's always asking me, why you listen to those Digging Deepers grocery? Serena, I'm listening to myself. Do you know what a Digging Deeper is? They cover clickbait. They cover all kinds of Bachelor podcasts. And I get to listen to myself talk, and then I get to listen to them talk about me talking. It's great. You know, I don't usually listen to fan podcasts, you know, but this one, they've got a pretty good recipe, and... They put not just clickbait, they they worked on my show as well. Well, that's great, Nick. If you want to hear these people on Gore talking about me and talking about Nick, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses and you join up on their Patreon. (laughs) Just uh, click a link, baby. Wow. Thank you very much to Grocery and to the great one for that incredibly important message. Wow. Love to hear that. I can't believe it. I can't believe they're um, not only advertising the Game of Roses Patreon, but doing it here on our own show. Fantastic. Thank you again to those two heavyweights of our beloved game. And now it is time to move on to our recap of a different game. And now... Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. We begin Love is Blind, Season 3, Episode 3. We are back in Andrew's podposal. He's asking Nancy to make him the happiest man, and she says, it just doesn't feel right. I don't doubt we'd live a great life together but not forever. And he sits down, combing his hair, produces tears, it looks like, and she thanks him for being so kind, and he says it makes him sad. It won't be our story. But she ITMs that he's too cool, too calm, and collected, not what she envisions her husband to be. Andrew leaves the pod, and we begin this infamous scene. It's unreal. This is an ITM. Andrew's talking. A producer... You hear them off screen and they make it very apparent. This is a producer asks him, what are you thinking about? And the producers in this show, I feel like are more in the document in a real way. The idea that this is an experiment, they talk about that kind Mm -hmm. of constantly in the show. And so the producers are really positioned as like scientists just running an experiment. They're the ones in control of this and it's okay. They don't try to obscure the fact that they're there. They make themselves a part of it, which I find pretty interesting. And Andrew then asks if they're rolling, which, of course, you're on a reality television show. Yes, Andrew, cameras are always rolling. And he takes out some eye drops and puts them in his eyes. And he says, uh, it didn't feel good then, to be honest, the dumping. And then he stops himself midway through to add more eye drops to really bring this fake tear play. And he asks the producer if it's okay to be doing this. And the producer says... Yeah, if your eyes are hurting you, 
They're not taking any blame here. They're not saying, yeah, of course you can fake cry. They're saying, well, sure, if your eyes are hurting you. They are so adept, even in season three, at stepping back from taking any culpability for creating the situation that Andrew now finds himself in. Fucking brilliant producer play here. Andrew says, mind if I, is this too much? And he gets back into his Nancy dialogue, says, I feel satisfied. I went for it. It hurts. But, you know, uh, I never thought I could care for someone that would bring me to tears. And Andrew putting the fake tears in his eyes for this ITM was my... Play, 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 play of the game. I wasn't sure if it was going to be my error of the game or play of the game, but now I have seen that he is going to be the only one of the forgotten, of of my forgotten, not your forgotten, (laughs) that is going to be coming back. And I was just like, this is, look, I've only seen four episodes, but so far, this is the scene that stands out to me the most. I can't forget it. It was incredible. Yes. Andrew putting eye drops in his eyes to fake tear play was also my... Play, 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 play of the game. I think this is one of the most important moments in modern reality dating television. The fact that not only he did it, so we see he's astute. He's probably seen the first two seasons of this show. He's probably seen a million other reality shows. He understands that he's got to produce some tear play here if he wants to get real victimization, which is what he's going for. Not only is he aware of that, not only did he bring the tool to produce that effect, (laughs) he's got fucking eye drops on him. He brought that into the fucking ITM. So not only did he do that, the producers here see him doing it, continue to encourage him to do it, and then put it in the edit. They are attempting to give him a massive villain edit here, but they're Mm -hmm. also breaking a, a kind of strange rule within the reality TV world, which is you don't want your audience, or at least in The Bachelor and in many other reality shows, you don't want your audience to know that the producers are also aware that all of this is fake, that these players are playing a game. But here, they're very open about it. They watch him do it. They say, Mm -hmm. continue to do it. And they put it in the fucking show. It's really, um, to me, it's an acknowledgement to the audience of Love is Blind, to the fourth audience, that we know you know what's going on here. And we're going to show you this. It it really is, I think. To me, it was, you know, we saw this during the Love is Blind season two reunion. We saw Shake say, don't cut this, cut this part or like, don't put this part in. Like, mm-hmm. are you rolling and say something? And it's like they left the whole thing in the document. And it's like, Andrew, I'm sure studied the earlier seasons before he did this. He seems like. A person who would do that. And that's why I'm like, I don't even know if he actually thought the cameras had stopped. And that's, I think, why I like this play so much. He was like, fuck it. This is my Hail Mary. I'm already out of the game. He didn't seem to have any other romantic prospects. I'll go out, blaze of glory, fake tears. Iconic. And he has a, I looked it up. He has 100K on Instagram. I don't know where he was at before, but seems like this benefited him. It's great. I agree. I loved his play. I loved its presentation. And again, I just think it's a very important moment in dating reality television 
in these types of games because it really does show that the producers of this show acknowledge that the audience is smart enough to know how these shows are made and that some of these players are for TWR and here is one and we're going to show you that and that's okay. And also, like, I don't know what kind of blowback he got if he was getting death threats and shit, but it doesn't seem like it. It seems like if you're out in the open with this shit, people can accept it a little more or the, maybe the audience of this show is a little different. I'm not sure, but fantastic play. Absolutely fucking loved it. And then after this play, we get some shots of Nancy ITMing about Bartice, and we see some kind of like recap footage of their different pods, uh, dates we didn't actually get to see, where they're talking about their grandparents, their costumes in one of them, which is fucking great. Uh, Bartice is dressed as a caveman, and they're pretending that Nancy is Selena. Um, they're talking about grandparents, Nancy's love level wanting Bartice. And ultimately, she ITMs that she hopes to be engaged to Bartice. And we get shots of them walking into their pods in slow motion as the music swells. And we get the second pod of episode three, where Bartice is talking about feeling crazy high with her. He's never felt this way about anyone. He's excited to take this next step together. He gets on that knee. He has, in quotes, fallen in love with her. That's a love level four. He proposes. She accepts. They are happy and giggling. She love level fours him. And he does it back. And then Raven gets ready to see SK. She ITMs that this is like a 24-hour boot camp, the entire process of this game. And we get a recap pod shot of them. SK and Raven is uh, guessing about his personality traits. They play a game with these cards where it's asking all these questions about, uh, are you neat? Are you messy? Et cetera, et cetera. Great game. I also, I love SK's response to everything that she says. She's, Raven says, last night, this one girl started crying. We don't even know what it's about, but he's like, you cried for someone else's sake. That makes me like you a lot more. Like everything she says is something that he loves. And I just think this play strategy is remarkable. Oh, we'll we'll get to some SK's play strategy a little bit later as well. <laughs> this motherfucker's a high level player. Make no mistake. I know. <laughs> He enters the unblinding chambers. He ITMs, I feel like I just unlocked a treasure. Wholesome. And Raven ITMs, they haven't talked about height or hair. She has a different look. She's never been so sure about a man. And we see the unblinding. They hug and sway. There's kissing, but it's, it's very peckish. Very awkward. And it takes a long time to get to that kiss. And yeah, it's just a peck. It's not looking good. Not looking good. We we will find out later why that is. But I will also say some nomenclature that came to me as I was writing. The rooms that they are in before they see each other, I started calling in my notes the ready room. I don't know if that hmm. sticks to you at all. Uh and then I started calling the doors that they stand in front of the circular door, the portals. Okay, I like portal, but I think I prefer unblinding chambers so far. <laughs> Sound off in the comments. Uh, he does a ring proposal, no knee. And probably because of those pecs, you know, can't fully commit to the knee. And then we switch over to Colleen and Matt. Colleen, ITM, she can't stop thinking about him, never felt that way. But she's scared because two guys have now rejected her. And in the pod, Colleen tells him that she's ready for the next step. I love you. Love level four. And she gets in this prayer pose behind the couch where she's praying with her arms up on the back of the couch. And he get, says he's getting down on one knee. Colleen, Bridget, I love you. Will you marry me? LL4, pod posal, 
Colleen produces tears, says, yes, I'll marry you. And then he remembers her middle name, her full name, Colleen Bridget Bolton. (laughs) And we see Nancy now enter the unblinding room. Or what did you call it? I was calling it the ready room, but I like what you call it, the unblinding chamber. (laughs) Unblinding chambers. (laughs) Let's go with that. (laughs) We see Nancy's moisturizing her arms. Good play. We see her snapping her fingers and dancing in the room alone by herself. I'm like, Nancy, Nancy is is such a good player. She was my MVP last week, and she just acts yeah. like she is in a move, like a Cinderella movie. Little birds are going to help her with her dress kind of attitude, giggling and wiggling in the portal. And Barty says, it doesn't matter what she looks like. I'm going to meet this emotional thought. Nancy Itam, she's excited to meet her male twin and says she's not always the prettiest one in the crowd, but physical attraction is not at the top of the list. And she's scared she's going to pass out and hit her head and go unconscious. I love this. It's so for TRR. You're setting up your own possible IFI. Very dramatic. She also says in this ITM that she's never been the type to pick out the hottest guy in the room. And I thought that this was an indication that producers are specifically asking these questions. When you're sitting in an ITM for any show, you're not just sitting there talking. The producers are asking you very specific things that they know they're going to be able to get an answer to use in an edit. So part of Bartisa's whole story is that he is like a very muscular fit guy who competes in muscle competitions. And he himself has said multiple times that he's the type of guy who gets a lot of attention for women because of how he looks. So the producers must be asking her in these ITMs, what do you think if he's going to be like the hottest guy? What's your reaction to like super hot guys? And so that must give you some indication as a player, if you're in those ITMs, that the person on the other side of your wall is the hottest guy. I think she must know already, you know? Well, they unblind. He says, sheesh. You better run. Love these strange comments. And they kiss. He does a ring proposal. He spins her, Baylock eye style. At the ITMs, he's having a hard time keeping his eyes above Nancy's neck. Says, (laughs) I don't want to say that. And then he bites his tongue looking up with producing these jazz hands. And this was my... Face play of the game. Bartisa's reaction to Nancy's boobs was your face play. This is it. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's so good. It took me a lot to capture it because it's very fast. Yeah, that's like a half frame. But yeah, when you see them titties, though, that's the meme. We know what Bartise likes. And then they actually get to sit on a couch together, maybe in one of the unblinding chambers. I'm not sure where this couch is, but they're sitting there. They get a little conversation. They compliment each other's appearances. They discuss the ring. She loves it. Bartise supposedly picked it out based on what she said in the pods. They hug again, and he gets some more kiss play. Nancy then ITMs that she will be a cougar, and she's okay with that. He'll be wiping her ass when they're old. And this is the first indication we get that (laughs) perhaps Nancy has some kind of interest in defecation. And we're going to see a little bit later. She she gets a little more into that subject. I did not even notice this foreshadowing. She talks about shit a lot, uh, at least in this episode. But they kiss again. They laugh in between every kiss, saying it's so strange. And Bartiz ITMs is the happiest day of his life. I would just say at this point as well, all of these couples seem super fucking happy. They're laughing. They're mm-hmm. giggling. They're giddy. Even in the SK and, and uh, Raven walk up and all of that. Even when these things seem awkward, they still seem happy. 
nobody here seems like depressed or like they're they're being ground down Not yet. Not yet. That that comes later. <laughs> but they do a good job in this game of like front loading the first half that like ride mm-hmm. up the fucking roller coaster to the top. They make that super fucking fun. I absolutely love it. And then we see Matt in the unblinding chamber. He's ITMing that he dug deep to become emotionally available. He found this life. He has a genuine connection with her and he's happier than he's been in a long time. Colleen, then in her unblinding chamber, she ITMs at this blind love experiment is cuckoo kazoo. She said that a couple of times. It's one of her catchphrases. Mm-hmm. She's head over heels in love with him and she loads that love level four, ready to see him. Matt ITMs that he's waiting for somebody to bring him out of his shell. He hopes this is a real deal. His biggest fear is that she's different in the real world than she was in the pods. He then will later have a different biggest fear, but right now that's his biggest fear. <laughs> and we get the silhouettes in the portals. Doors open. Huge smile. She jogs to him. He picks her up. Hugs. Kiss. They have what I feel is the best first kiss of the season so far. Fantastic chemistry. Play here. She praises his facial hair during it. She ITMs. He's the perfect height for little me. To me, that was shady. That was like saying he's short. <laughs> and she hates it. <laughs> oh, you think she hates it? I don't know. I didn't trust it. Um, he does a ring proposal. She love level fours. And she's doing this little knee kick. She pops up her one of her feet while he's carrying her. And he love level fours. He says, I'm going to watch you walk away. She does. And he sticks his tongue out almost to his beard. Mm. Almost my face play. Almost tongue to beard face play. Interesting. Yeah. And by the way, she opened her mouth to full aperture at one point when she's doing cuckoo kazoo, a little bumpkin raven-esque play. Hmm. And we now move on to fantasy suites. We see shots of surfers, vineyards, and we see Dark Lord's Lachey driving a car with two surfboards on top. He yells, Malibu, California. They recap the couples that have proposed that they are focusing on Alexa and Brennan, Zineb and Cole, Raven and SK, Nancy and Bartise, Colleen and Matt. And we see this big Malibu mansion. We see the couples all get out of the car and they're like dragging their bags in these casual outfits. I thought that was an interesting shot. I agree with you. I also would say that the DLLs, um, they're used here and used in this game primarily to delineate moves in the structure of the game. So here, we haven't seen them in a while. They introduce the pods, then the players are kind of on their own in the edit, and now we see them again. Pods are over. They come in to say, the next round of play essentially has begun here in Malibu, Mm -hmm. California, as they scream it. But they also lay out some rules. They say, will looks, race, lifestyle, or insecurities tear them apart in the real world, or will love conquer all? So at each one of these phases, they're basically laying out that In the beginning phase, you have to fall in love without seeing the person and accept a proposal. Now you get to see them and will the things that come with physical appearance and body language and all of this still uh, rekindle that love or keep it going? Or is it going to rip you apart? I think that their use of the Dark Lords in this game, for my taste, just my personal taste, it's a little too sparing. I'd like to see more of the Dark Lords. I feel like they should have been in the men's cues and ladies' cues. Ask them some questions. I believe the male Dark Lord should have to live with the men and the female Dark Lord should have to <laughs> live with the women. And uh, I agree. Just get some more information, I guess. I want to see more of the Dark Lords. They just seem like they're reading cue cards to me, which 
is not a great look for a Dark Lord. I like the Dark Lord to mix it up a little bit, but nonetheless. Yeah, we get all these shots that you're talking about. The couple's arriving at the resorts with their suitcases. We get uh, Nancy and Bartice get the first package. They head into their room. He helps her with the curtains using his height. And we see then Alexa telling Brennan that she took her allergy pills and they agree that he's going to have to handle all the bugs in the relationship. I liked when they divvied up the bugs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're working out the important shit. And then we see Matt and Colleen arriving, entering their chambers. Colleen does a toast. And uh, this is where he says, are you good at toast? She says, yes. And she issues a toast. Here's to getting Liddy as a titty for the rest of our lives. She is doing, I believe, the best colorful narration work outside of ITMs. She has catchphrases. Uh, she's throwing them left and right. High level play here. Cuckoo Kazoo. She is also doing a little bit of like the dance play. We saw both Nancy and Colleen doing that in the proposals. I love that. It yeah. is adding a lot of a lot of fun detail and she pulls out all of her gowns from her bag asks <laughs> yeah. which dress he prefers and says this one tits are out he picks one sundress she describes one swimsuit bottom as my ass will eat this like a cupcake yes prepare one liners about each item of your own clothing i love this i'm like okay we're starting to get into like some people are preparing Yes, and who they are. You get a sense of their personality here. I absolutely love that or, line. My ass yes. will eat this like a <laughs> cupcake. Fantastic. You you kind of get immediately that she knows about one of her physical attributes and she can make funny jokes about it. Well, at the same time, it's kind of complimentary toward it. It's just like a, a very perfect, but like small thing. It seems inconsequential, but it actually is mm -hmm. not, in my opinion. And cupcakes and muffins will come up later. <laughs> yes, they will. And then Matt, <laughs> Seemingly drunk, in my opinion, ITM's feeling good about her. I think at this point, all these players, in my opinion, are drunk 24 hours a day from this point yeah. forward. It, it feels like that to me, which I love. I also love it. I love level four, everyone being shit-faced. Uh, we see them drinking on this day bed. They make out. And Colleen once again says, I was going cuckoo kazoo. Thought you'd be like, oh, she's not who I thought. And he says, if you smelled nasty, I would have, I wouldn't be here. You're so fucking sexy. Uh, and the ITMs, our other bed will be used for luggage. Colleen says, hold your horses, cowboy. He says, I will try to. Haunting. We see this beautiful <laughs> magic tree that's lit up. <laughs> and Alexa and Brennan have dinner under it. Now, there was some controversy, I believe, about this date. Because they're, they are also next to a small teepee. And I think there was some online controversy about uh, cultural appropriation being a part of this. If I remember right, I could be slightly wrong about this, but I don't think I am. I, I think there was a little bit of a dust up when this initially aired about that specifically. Yeah, it reminded me of like the Bachelor people always do those picnics on the beach that are like by professional mm -hmm. picnic companies. But yeah, teepee is an odd, <laughs> odd choice to put in there. He says, I'm so glad you're a real person. I thought it was all too perfect that it was fake, like you're a robot or a computer. I'm completely in love with you. Love level four. And this is the first level <laughs> level four we've seen after the unblinding. Very important. When he said, I thought you were too perfect. I thought I was talking to a computer through the wall. I just wrote in my notes, imagine that show that the person on the other side of the thing is just an AI. But they don't know it. Yeah, they're just getting tricked the whole time. You've been talking to a computer. You fell in love with a computer. 
That's horrible. <laughs> I'd love that show. Fucking love that show. Or half the people are computers, half of them are real. Yeah. And you find out at the end whether you get a computer or a real person. Exactly. That when the fucking wall drops, it's just a person wheeling out a, an old like Mac computer from 1986. You either get an iPad or a person. He keeps love level fouring her, says it's not what I imagined it would be. It's way better. Very 4TRR. They're making out. And then we go to Zanab and Cole. They're in a hot tub. He tells her that he's happy to be out of the pods because hello, I guess referring to how she looks. She uh, swims under the water. Sorry, he swims under the water as she's talking about her makeup, taking her makeup off. And he says he likes all natural. She explains that she has a mouth guard. He says, this is boring. Let's talk about something awesome. And then he asks her what, what her favorite big cat is. She says <laughs> a black panther. He says a leopard and then submerges himself under the water and pops up on the other side of the hot tub, I guess, leopard style. And um, I just wrote, <laughs> she should get out of the water and go home now. Um, this was one of the weirdest plays I've ever seen. Incredibly awkward. I don't think Cole is a strong player. No, I like this is something that he I feel like he used this in the pods. Let's talk about something awesome. This is boring. Like that's a phrase he uses multiple times and the the animal scenario things. Um, he's struggling and he ITMs that he's attracted to Zena, but it's not who he thought he had a different idea. And but they kiss and he ITMs that they are physically compatible. And she tells him he has beautiful eyes. He's the male version of Megan Fox. And she ITMs. She loves how playful he is. And she thinks there's chemistry. We see Cole watch her brush her teeth. And he is, it is, I, I just don't think you should watch someone brushing their teeth at first. I feel like it's an intimate thing. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. For me, I would not want someone up in my face. How how long into the relationship can you see someone put brush to tooth? Is this a month, two months? Fifth date. Fifth date. Okay. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's past consummation for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she says that she's still really cute without her makeup on, just a little less eyelashes. And we're starting to get just... The most awkward conversations I've ever heard in my life. She says, wow, mister, I'll take three pillows. You can have one. He's like, oh, you want one? And he steals one pillow. It's like there's a little literal child. Yeah. And he says, you have more freckles now. And she's like, those are my spots. I wrote, I don't know what was left on the cutting room floor from this whole interaction, but this was hard to watch. It just yeah. felt so bizarre. It feels so awkward. Like, neither of them really know what to do. So awkward. He's reverting to these kind of weird childish antics to just mm -hmm. keep things flowing. It, it's very strange to watch. I don't think either of them are playing a, a very good game here. He's going full child. She's going, like, yeah. insecurity central. And then we cut to Rose Puddles on the bathroom floor as we get to Bartisa and Nancy. He has champagne <laughs> chilling in the bathroom. Nancy ITMs that she didn't expect him to look like he does. She was pleasantly surprised, though. She is excited to spend uh, her first night with him. She wants to get physical, and she wants him to take the lead. She comes into the bathroom in a future Mrs. swimsuit. It is written literally on the swimsuit. They kiss Bartice ITMs that he isn't able to quite piece together her physical appearance and the person she was in the pods, but he's getting there. He pops that champagne. He ITMs that he likes how she looks, looks really good. 
in the uh, tub there together. This is not a hot tub. Sorry, this is a bathtub. Tiny bathtub. Uh, yeah, he pulls her close. He ITMs how great her smile and laugh is. In the tub, she bathes him, puts some water on him. They laugh and joke. And then uh, she initiates a certain conversation. Pace case, maybe this is best left to you. Nancy says, have you ever unclogged a toilet? <laughs> and she's like, let's say you're at your friend's house. There's no plunger. For instance, I did this once and oh. I grabbed the toilet scrubber and jammed it in to get the shit and toilet paper out. And this insistence on this hypothetical poop cleaning situation while they're in the hot tub together for their first romantic overnight date was my error, 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 error of the game. Day one in the in the flesh is not for poop. While you're scissoring in the tub, this is not the time for poop, in my opinion. Could not agree more. It was an error. It was not my error of the game. We'll get to that a little bit later, but I couldn't agree more. I couldn't believe she was talking about this, and she just kept going. She just keeps going. I mean, I'm sure they're shit-faced, but Bartiz is like, Jesus, relax, Nancy, and he pours more corbel yeah. in the he, he pours some more drink. I'm going to need some more drink for this, but... To his credit, he doesn't skip a beat. He's just like, fuck it, goes right for the kiss. She recoils laughing, and then they kind of get into it. There's some real good chemistry play here, and it looks like everything is going to go well as they kiss some more. And the final shot of this little scene is a slow push into a rubber duck sitting on the edge of this tub. And although this is not a real creature, this was my... <laughs> Creature of the week. This poor rubber duck was forced to listen to this conversation about Nancy's giant shit and how she jammed it into the fucking toilet with the, uh, I don't know, the brush end or the handle end. Have no fucking idea. And then very probably that duck also then witnessed Bartice and Nancy having sex. So for your service, rubber ducky, you get my creature of the week. We then see Raven and SK's night routine and Raven gets to pick out her sink and she says that she's struggling attaching the outside and inside person as well and wondering if he still likes her in her ITMs. And she points out that there's a notepad he could use as a journal. And he says, we're going to use the notepad for lullabies. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and they talk about whether they're sleeping with the TV on or off. She says she's a big news girl. And he alludes to something here. He says, do you know the sayings about Nigerian dads and the remote? And he doesn't explain this, but I'm just yeah. like, what is the saying? Is it that they always have to have the remote? That's what I assume. Yeah, I think it's probably something along those lines. And they do this weird close-up shot of Raven's calluses, and they're like kind of filming from below her feet, and I felt bad for her in this moment. It's like, I wouldn't want this shot directly from the bottom of my feet. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. 
You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash game of roses 
Interesting. I mean, there are a lot of interesting shots throughout this entire show that require certain camera operators to be like an inch from them in some way. There's a lot of like setup that goes on here, much more than in Bachelor. I mean, Bachelor does it every once in a while. But for the most part, Bachelor is like they're at least standing a few feet away when they're having conversations or doing whatever they're doing. This fucking show, they get right up in your face. I mean, we'll get to the in the next episode. They actually give them cameras to shoot themselves, which I found very fucking interesting. But yes, there's a lot of shots like that that are taken from interesting angles where it, it necessitates the producer saying, hey, stand here or lay here. We got to get a shot of your feet or whatever. Oh, the ITMs during the, the party were like crazy. Some people were like laying on their stomachs over on the floor. Yeah. Well, they were all drunk. I mean, yeah. that part, we'll get to that fucking party in the yeah. next episode, but Jesus Christ, they show up and it's just a tray of what looks like a hundred pre-poured drinks just ready to go. They're not even trying to waste time letting the bartender pour the fucking alcohol. Oh, no. It's unreal. Anyway, we'll get to it. During this, uh, it's kind of awkward, I think, this first night together. She admits her physical body language isn't quite where it needs to be. She feels like the pods forced her to turn off her body language, which is more, and it's usually more standoffish in general anyway. He says, that's okay. It has to be natural. He ITMs that their physical connection will happen gradually. He's not trying to jump into bed right away. He's passionate and affectionate. They agree that they want to sleep with the lights off, which I found interesting. Uh, most people, I think, would agree with them. He divulges that he has been told he snores, and then we go to Colleen and Matt. They are brushing their teeth as she says, spitters are quitters and they kiss. This is another great line. Just she's firing them off one after the other. She can't be stopped. She performs then a standing hooju in the bathroom. It's not a great one. No ankle lock, obviously no approach. And we don't get to see the dismount. But props for bringing the hooju into this game. Can't thank you enough, Colleen. They make out in bed with a kiss, then dissolve to a full moon. This, in my opinion, was implied consummation. We then get the morning after. Zanab and Cole are first. They wake up. She starts ironing shirts as Cole watches her from the bathroom. Zanab ITMs that she's a sexual person and sleeping with Cole felt great. They're in love and adults, and it couldn't be a one-night stand or something where she felt used. He tells her he's going to take a shower, and she then ITMs that ideally in this situation, you're engaged. You've spent your first night together. You would wake up and have a sweet morning holding each other in bed, but Cole rolled over, got in the shower, and then didn't talk to her for a few hours. <laughs> she thinks she might be getting in her head about these things. She doesn't know if he's physically into her. This is definitely an error by Cole. Especially in a situation like this, where it is perceived as an experiment, where you don't really know this person other than what you've done. What? You're saying this silent uh, silent treatment for a few hours is an error? <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely silent treatment for a few hours after the first night that you've had sex with somebody, I think, is probably a pretty big error here. Um, granted, I don't know what they're going through in this exact situation. It is a weird reality show and all this stuff, but... I thought this was a bad play by Cole here. We see Cole's ITM version of this. She was disappointed, felt I was giving the silent treatment. She's not giving off the vibe of, I love you so much. She's being standoffish and overanalyzing. We're clashing a little. We're supposed to get married in four weeks. I believe what she's saying, maybe I'm reading into it too much. And then he does this. British Crocodile Dundee impression to her, continuing this child theme. This this <laughs> Croc Dundee scene. Okay. <laughs> she says that she's going to look a little like Croc Dundee. He does this weird fucking accent, and then she's like, do you know who Croc Dundee is? He says, no, but Croc Dundee sounds incredible. And she says it was before his time. I have to ask you, Pace Case, do you know who Croc Dundee is? I know who... 
He is. Was. Have you seen Croc Dundee 1 or 2? No. Do you know the story of how Croc Dundee got made? No. I know how he died. Do you know who NXS is? No. NXS was a very popular band in the 80s. They had massive top 40 hits. They were from Australia. They were friends with an actor named Paul Hogan. In Australia, if you want to fucking sink some money into a big tax write-off, you can fund an Australian film production. So their friend Paul Hogan was like, I have this movie, Crocodile Dundee. Will you guys produce it? They were like, sure. They threw a bunch of fucking money at it, thinking, whatever, we can write this off. We'll help our friend get a movie made. Crocodile Dundee becomes a gigantic international hit and made them fuckloads of money. That's how Croc Dundee hmm. got made. Good for them. Do you know this line? That's not a knife. That's a knife. Or something like that. Do you know that one? You know, I, I only know this because it came up on Bad Judge in the writer's room. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's from that movie. He gets uh, him and the that's not a knife. woman in that movie, when they come to New York, he gets harassed or they get harassed by like, uh, some street thugs who are trying to stick him up and and this guy pulls out a little switchblade and he's like, give me all your money. And Crocodile Dundee laughs and goes, that's not a knife. And then he pulls out this giant fucking knife and he goes, that's a knife. Machete. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just a little Croc Dundee history for you. <laughs> Before my time and Cole's time. And Zeneb says, Before your time. And Cole goes, oh boy, here we go. And then he goes, there's something I want to ask. We can talk about it later. And she's like, you're being very coy right now. And he says, you do you actually you still actually care about me? Right. And she says, I do. And she puts on her contour as Cole looks lost in the mirror as we end this episode. That almost got my face play of the game for putting on the contour, but it did not. And my face play will be coming up. In episode four, we get these beautiful drone shots over the water to open this episode perpendicular to the water itself. It's just texture, just a feeling as a wave comes crashing in B-roll of Malibu Beach songs with lyrics. And we get a series of quick scenes of each couple the morning after their first night together. We get Colleen and Matt the next morning. Post-consummation, they both agree that last night was very fun as they laugh and smile. Colleen ITMs, they had fun last night. They lie in bed, reconfirming that it's smooth sailing. They made uh, the right choice. We get some kisses, snuggling, laughter. This is how you do it, Cole. They seem very 4TR at this point. We see the titles, more B-roll the place. Bartice and Nancy wake up. She is draped across him. They laugh and kiss Bartice ITMs. We had a great first night. She'd agree. <laughs> he literally says there was some consummation of the engagement going on. Uses the word consummation a couple of times, maybe, he says. And then let's just say Nancy had to take a shower in the middle of the night. <laughs> Let's just say there was some pumping. <laughs> or was Nancy really using that conversation about shit play as an entree into maybe what oh she likes to do in bed? God. That requires oh a shower God. afterward. We don't know. This is all conjecture. Show me the shit tapes. He also says, if I had to say what she said, it was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy's shit play was the finest shit play we've ever seen. They open the windows. They get back into bed. He comments on her hair. They discuss their clothing coming off. They laugh. They snuggle up. They say they slept great. And we learn that Bartice is a big cuddler. He tells her that it's going to get more and more comfortable as they go. Nancy's ITMing that every part of his body is attractive, but sex wasn't the first thing in her mind. Great sex for her comes from an emotional connection. She's proud to call him her fiance. They have a little cute pillow fight. And then we get Brennan and Alexa their first morning. They're happy to enjoy each other's time. She mentions that he snores. She says uh, she sleeps with a sound machine, so she likes the snoring. It was 
super cute. And he tells her that she never has to wear makeup around him. She's naturally beautiful. She explains that she gets Botox, so it's not natural. And he says he gets it too. I love this scene. I loved this mirror Botox play. They're soulmates. Uh, they eat breakfast. We cut to Raven and SK. Raven is leading SK through this Pilates circle workout. And SK is like, I don't know how people do this indoors. I'm so hot. And Raven explains that Pilates Raven is different from fiance Raven. He's getting his ass kicked by Pilates Raven. <laughs> and the fact that every other couple is opening up in their hotel room, in their robes, still in bed, breakfast in bed, cut to them. They're in the middle of the fucking sweltering heat. She's got his ass out there doing calisthenics. That is his morning after. <laughs> That's a rough fucking morning after. But he plays it very well here. And ultimately, we come back into their room and they are sharing their morning time in the bathroom, their morning routine. She's putting on makeup as they discuss their first night. He says they stayed up pretty late and uh, he was expecting a lot of action. And Raven's reaction to SK uh, saying that, she kind of gives a shot right into the mirror that reflects back into the camera, a direct shot right at us, the fourth audience. But he clarifies it, uh, saying that she was supposed to be like active in her sleep, but that didn't really happen. Action in terms of how rough you sleep. Well, mislead. But then uh, SK <laughs> whips out a face scrubbing brush and he goes to work on his own face, working the soap into a rich lather around every inch of his own face as he is making faces to stretch his skin, assuring a good scrubbing takes place. And SK's face washing morning routine was my face play of the game. Beautiful work here by SK. I'm going to show Pace Case a glorious photo of it right now. Oh my God. Beautiful. I did like it and he soaked in it and he was just like, fucking ask me to wipe it off. I won't. Yeah, he's going to leave the remnants of this play on his face until he gets into the shower. Love to see a prop used in face play. That's a very rare thing, and he does so perfectly mm -hmm. here. And then we have Xana McCole up next. They walk uh, with his arm is around her, and they are shooting this video themselves. Cole is holding the camera out. This is very interesting, so they have to give them all cameras at this point to shoot some candid stuff, I'm guessing, on their own without a camera crew around. Here, Cole and Xana were arguing about the difference between the word good and great. She thought they had a great night. He said it was so, so good, and they get into a little argument about semantics. He calls her a semantics stickler, and it seems like they might be getting on each other's nerves here a little bit. Then we cut to them playing cornhole ping pong and chess and he's mansplaining rules of the game and he's being hyper competitive with her and as they are arguing about chess some creatures strut by two ducks quack at this pair who are awkwardly arguing representing the couple bickering and also perhaps hearkening back to the rubber ducky that watched <laughs> The shit play of Nancy and Bartice. And these ducks were my. <laughs> Creature of the week. Cole quacks at the ducks, trying to get them to rescue him, but they won't. He has a conversation with them. And see, this is how it's done. We've seen in Bachelor one Claire Crawley. 
having a conversation with a raccoon where she's speaking English to the raccoon and the raccoon is chittering back to her. But this is how it's done. You speak the animal's language. You speak the creature's language in the hopes that it will speak back to you in the same language. If Claire Crawley had spoken raccoon to the raccoon, I think that would have been a better scene. We will never know. But here, Zainab says she's getting mixed signals from Cole. She admits being passive aggressive, <laughs> and they finally walk away to some chairs. Uh, I guess him talking to ducks is a pretty mixed signal. We see the forced competition element here um, is over. And I do believe that the producers made them play the chess, play the cornhole, uh, play the ping pong, because I think they knew that he was like a hyper competitive guy and that it might cause trouble in their relationship. Mm. Nobody else has seen playing these games. Nobody else has seen playing any games against one another. I think the producer specifically told them, go, you're going to go play all these games against each other today in the hopes that they would get in a fight. Yeah, I just, I feel like Cole needs no prodding. <laughs> like the very first like shots I saw of him, I don't even know who he was talking to in the show, but I was like, oh, this is going to be fascinating. I knew they were going to pick him. <laughs> yeah. They start to talk about um, life together and... Zainab says, you would flip a house for us, an amazing house to live in. He says, facts, referencing Aaron Clancy, big facts. Zainab says, yeah, and I would make our home a home with the pod blankets. But maybe you could pick up your towel and not throw it across the coffee table or sink or tub. So she is having a problem with his um, clutter that he, he is putting his towel all over their hotel room. Have they even gotten wet this many times to necessitate this many towel throws? I don't know. I mean, unless they were doing shit play on night one, you don't need to take a shower in the middle of the night. We know that much from Nancy and Bartice, of course. But <laughs> they get into this conversation about getting married in four weeks and uh, they basically say anything could happen over the next four weeks. His greatest fear is that she'd fall out of love with him. She says she's Kohler bust. He says, I'm Zan Aberbust. And then we get back to the self-shot footage as they kiss and love level for each other. Then we go to Colleen and Matt. They are on the beach, drinks in hand. Everyone's always drinking in the show constantly. I just wrote perma-drunk. Love it. They're also <laughs> doing some self-shooting here. Matt has a <laughs> Matt is literally holding a selfie stick, which I haven't seen in a while. They kiss on the beach. They get into the ice cold water, upbeat lyrical music here again. They sit at a table. This whole show is scored with like lyrics, music. I fucking love it. They discuss that she's a big foodie, but she doesn't know what sashimi is. She admits she wouldn't have met him through Hinge. And he asks uh, what she would do if he came up to her in a bar. And we get this nice little scene where she wants to know his one-liner. And he says he would have used some kind of joker or something. And she says that she would have loved for him to come up to her at a bar. He brings up the 30-day timeline of marriage. She thinks nothing's going to change. It's just going to get better and better. They cheers to her becoming Mrs. Bolton. And then Nancy and Bartice are eating some sandwiches, strawberries, and drinking some champagne as Nancy jokes about eating butt. Wait, what? Really? Also, I thought this was a giant bottle of tequila. Oh, maybe it was. I thought it was champagne, but... I think it was like... But no, that makes sense because there's also orange juice. So I'm like, but... Yeah, I think they had champagne and thing. But they're eating uh, some kind of fruit. And, so, and I think he says... It looks like a butt. And she makes some joke about eating butt. I'm just saying. Oh my God. Not that that necessarily means that was shit play, but I'm just saying there's a lot of anal shit talk with Nancy. 
He picks uh, some hair out of her boobs and they discuss how they knew in the pause that they would be great together. They reaffirm their correct choice. And he asks her why she doesn't want to tell her girlfriends about his age. She says they wouldn't approve right off the bat. He makes her admit that she wouldn't have approved either in the real world. And she reveals that her parents both have big age gaps. So theirs isn't actually that big of a deal. Bartise reveals that he would not hide her age from his parents. They're on the same page about all this. And he wants to spend all of his time on the planet with one person. That's her. He takes this very seriously. They discuss getting matching tattoos that read love is fucking blind. And Bartise reveals a longer life tattoo plan to get several family related tattoos as they move forward into marriage and having children. He then demands a kiss, which he gets. We then have gong time with Raven and SK and a blonde lady is taking them through a sound bath. And this blonde spirit guide was my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Very excited to have a bystander. Always love a spirit guide. Especially love a spirit guide where SK is falling asleep. So funny. This sound bath musician was also my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno. Bystander of the week. Very reminiscent of the date we saw Eric Schwer, uh, Gabby, Wendy, and Grandpa John on. Mm, did Grandpa John fall asleep? I believe maybe, or he at least pretended to. So, taking a page right out of the book of our beloved game. Now, you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever. Unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. <laughs> I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses we're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer it's a great time of year it's a time for renewal for me that means reconnecting with friends and family i haven't seen for a while and when i do i want to make sure i have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with 
That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. But she plays her sound bowls, as you said, Pace Case, so expertly that SK falls asleep and starts snoring. Raven gives him a little dig about snoring when they wake up and then again says, you're definitely a napper. And she has been counting his naps. Is this troublesome? Nap counting is not okay. (laughs) She says he's on nap number two. I understand this, by the way. Napping or counting? Counting. I'm not a nap counter, but I get it. This is your first day together after you've spent your first night. And this motherfucker's falling asleep on you? This man is a narco- has narcolepsy. It's not his fault. I'm not a napper, but I would... I feel like I have the vibe of a napper, and I wouldn't like someone counting my naps. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> they move on to some lunch, and Raven has to explain to SK what a beat is. She thinks there are still some awkward vibes, but that's normal. She thinks he should be crazier. She wants a little more pizzazz, razzle-dazzle, as she calls it. He's sleeping too much for her to get a good read, uh, she says. And then he accepts the challenge and says he's going to transform into an energy god. They admit that they are both feeding off of each other's apprehension, and she tells him that he needs to be a cupcake. SK thinks cupcakes are delicate, and Raven thinks they are more razzle-dazzle. He asks her what her attraction level is. Uh, He's attracted to her, but she thinks hers is still growing. She's never been so attracted to anyone in a relationship that she wants to rip their clothes off, she says. SK sees it as a block between them that they need to get past, and he asks if the block is slowly melting. He thinks it is. 
it's still there, but once it melts away, the razzle-dazzle, he says, will flourish. And Raven agrees. This is a fantastic play here by SK. He's using her own metaphor, razzle-dazzle cupcake thing uh, back on her. And I, I don't know. I just thought that he handled this this um, conversation really well because we're going to come to learn later there was nothing, no consummation happened on this first night for them. And he's handling all of that very well, I think. Taking it as slow as she wants to go. Piece by piece, step by step, very high level play. And sounding super intentional about it, giving it also this fun metaphor, etc. We cut to Alexa and Brennan, and they are future casting. Brennan is telling her he's excited for her to meet his fam, Hayden and Reagan. It's super redneck. You'll be fine as long as you're okay getting dirty. And she makes this face at him. And I was like, that it was almost my face play. Uh, and she's like, in what way? <laughs> I have boots. And he's like, let me just tell you, it involves a toilet brush. Just kidding. Oh. He doesn't say that. Uh, he says that his mom is going to love her, even though she doesn't even like him that much. Interested to watch that. <laughs> and Alexa says that her family is really close and they're all really mean to each other. And even with the kids, they yell at each other, stop being such a pussy. <laughs> I cannot wait for the meeting of the families. Reminded me of my own childhood. And then night falls. And all <laughs> the couples come out to find a table with what looks like 500 golden cups, the signature drinking vessel of Love is Blind. They are already full. You can see the condensation on the outside of the cold cup. They look, I don't know, maybe these are Moscow mules. I have no idea what's in the actual cups, but it is booze. And then the couples are going to meet for the first time. So Bartis ITMs that he hopes everybody's mature enough not to make it awkward. Brennan and Alexa come out. Nancy ITMs noticing uh, Brennan's height. Matt and Colleen enter. Hugs all around. Colin Zanab enter. Everybody claps and hugs. And Colleen ITMs that Cole's very good looking. So we're starting to see that thread start to be built into the narrative here that, well, maybe Colleen is going to like Cole. Cole ITMs that Colleen is attractive, just as attractive as he imagined. And so he's reciprocating that in his ITMs. SK and Raven enter. Nancy hugs Raven. Bartise hugs Raven. Bartise ITMs that Raven looks damn good. Great body. Beautiful smile. She is 100% a smoke show. So we're weaving that thread in now. And then the Dark Lords enter. They congratulate everyone on their engagements. Bartise and Nancy kiss. The DLLs tell them that they want them to meet the people they dated but didn't propose to, and they introduce them to each other by name. They go all the way around saying who the couples are. And then Nick Lachey says, uh, it's weird pairing the face to the voice. Matt says he's got his eyes on one person, and that's Colleen. And then the Dark Lords with Shay ask them if their race, age, etc. will change anything just four weeks out from their weddings. Will you say I do or will you walk away forever? Is love truly blind? We certainly hope you prove it is. So once again, they are brought in to initiate this next phase of the game, and then they are disappeared. They take their leave immediately after everybody cheers to them all having love and happiness. And everyone starts pounding booze, shots all around. We get a shot of everybody cheersing, just like in our beloved game. At the end of every rose ceremony, when everybody takes their tamsig, take a moment, say your goodbyes, the people who have been kicked off leave, all that remain lift champagne flutes 
and we get this shot of the glasses coming together for this cheersing moment. Here we get the exact same thing, except it ain't champagne flutes. It's fucking shot glasses. That's what this show is, motherfuckers. I absolutely love it. It's super fun, super young, feels more real, like that these people are actually going to party together now. Mm-hmm. I mean... It feels more real because the champagne glasses at the end of a rose ceremony are ceremonial. People aren't even really drinking those glasses. It's right before they're going to bed. These are not ceremonial. These are these have a purpose. Yeah. And the purpose is served and everyone starts getting shitty. Liddy as a titty, as Colleen would say. And I love it. SK says, a cheers. Hide your kids. Find your wife. I'm guessing this is something from the men's quarters. Uh, Matt keeps telling everyone I'm fucking in love with that woman. She's fucking beautiful. Cole says, I don't know where my fiance went. I'm kind of here. Snacks. Continuing the child play. And he ITMs that Colleen is the type of girl he'd go for, but he's engaged. We see Colleen and Zenab compare their body counts. Colleen says she did it three times. Zenob says four, no, five times. And they dance around celebrating. I did like this. I did as well. Love the celebrating of, of the sex. And then Bartice, Matt, and Cole discuss how many rounds of fun they each had on their first night. Matt assures Brennan that he and Alexa had friend vibes and they will all double date for the rest of their lives. Interesting second audience play here and immediate assurance to the other players that you're with that I'm not interested in your fiance romantically. We can all be friends. Cole tells Bartice and SK that there's a disconnect from the pods for him and Zaneb. Uh, Bartice says he can 100% see that because you had some kind of expectation of what she looked like. He did not with Nancy, and that's why it's working. Cole says he's still in love. It's just different. He has to adapt his idea of what she, of what he wanted her to be, but she can be passive aggressive. SK is like, well, that can be a good thing, reminding us that he likes complexity. In his uh, relationships, <laughs> Cole says, no, that's not a good thing ever. And he tells the story of him putting the towel on the coffee table. Her banter and play is not fun for him in the pods. When she did this kind of stuff, he pictured her smiling. But in real life, there is no smile with this play. <laughs> Zanab then tells Colleen that going from uh, last night to the silent treatment of the morning is, is fucking with her head. Colleen says that she's getting too much in her head about it. Try not to think about it. Bartice explains that he's more in love now than he ever was in the pods. They've encountered no problems at all. And he's all systems go. And he says he will say, yes, this is a precog. If it comes to a marriage, we see some dancing, uh, some ass shots of Zaneb. Bartice recognizes her ass and tells Cole, look at that ass. She's shaking her ass. You're not going to marry that. Cole then explains that he is physically attracted to her and they are having lots of sex, but there are these moments in their day that don't feel perfect. SK says, I can relate. Raven is different in real life. It's not bad, but he's getting new information from her now. And he explains that on their night one, not only did they not have sex, they sat on opposite edges of the couch. This seems very bad to me. It also seems very bad to Bartice, who ITMs that if he were with Raven, she'd be closer. And from what she's told him in the pods, she only got SK because she didn't get picked by Bartice. Mm-mm. We then see Raven, Colleen, and Alexa talk about this. Raven says that they didn't hook up. Alexa ITMs, I like to try all the ice cream flavors. And we cut back to Matt, Cole, Bartice, and SK. Matt, again, his, this, his my biggest fear is she's playing me. Cole says his the biggest test is the first conflict. 
And they're they're laying in an interesting story here about uh, Matt in the edit. So we have this little conversation where Matt's basically saying his biggest concern is getting played, like you're saying, and Cole jumps in and is like, listen, if that happens to this guy, he's going to fucking crumble. So they're starting the story that if in any way this goes bad, if he feels that he's being played in any way, it's horrible for him. And we obviously know what's going to happen uh, as a result. The producers are going to try and angle that outcome to, to be the case. We see Cole and Zaneb kissing. Raven then ITMs that she and Bartiz had a connection in the pods. His hype was around his muscles, and the hype was real, she says, now that she's been able to see those muscles in person. Bartiz ITMs that he closed the door with Raven. He's excited to talk to her and connect in real life and see how it goes, but that door is closed. He's with Nancy now. Cole tells them, uh, Cole tells the women that Bartiz cried over his connections with multiple women, and Bartiz ITMs that he might have cut it off too soon with Raven. He was falling in love with two women. And Bartise gets another drink, more shots. Raven does a shot with him. And then Bartise and Nancy return to their room, fall onto the bed. I mean, for my money, almost too drunk to stand up. They are both hammered. Their <laughs> eyes are like having trouble focusing and staying open during the whole rest of this conversation, which means you know it's real, which means I love it. Blackout is so 4TRR. It is. You, there's nothing you're hiding there in that moment. If you're that drunk, yeah. the shit you're saying is fucking real, in my opinion. Uh, but they think Alexa and Brennan are doing great, and they're curious to see who makes it to the end. Bartise loves seeing the girls he dated, putting faces to the names, and she asks if he thinks there are any couples that won't make it, and he thinks SK and Raven will not make it. And this is hearkening back to that thing he said about if he was with Raven, this wouldn't be happening, basically implying they would have had sex if he would have wound up with her. He explains to Nancy that he told the guys that they had sex and Raven and SK did not. He then insults SK's gameplay by calling it fucking weird multiple times. And Nancy was surprised that SK made it to her top four. And when she saw him for her, she was like, I made the right choice. Bartice is my guy. It wasn't SK. And so we're starting to get this idea here in this conversation that one person is very into the other and the other is trying to talk about someone else. I'm talking about Bartice, of course. Bartice tells Nancy that Raven was the typical girl he would go for in the real world. He calls her a smoke show and she draws his attention because she looks so good. And he says that he cried because of the dilemma between Raven and Nancy when he was in the pods. He had feelings for multiple women. But Nancy was up here, he says, and he went with his gut. So it's been a wild night for me, he says. And then he asks her if she's cool with him being that honest. And this drunken moment of truth-telling was my... Error, 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 error of the game. As much as I love these people getting drunk and being as honest as they're being... One of the things we preach in our beloved game is don't ever get drunk. It's for reasons just like this. If you need to do some subterfuge, if you need to hide some facts from any of the other players, you can't be this drunk because this guy is just spilling the shit for no fucking reason whatsoever. And you're now giving Nancy doubts about this. Her face the entire time, although drunken and funny, is just like, what? Like, she can't believe what he's saying absolute fucking disaster in my opinion. It's like he realized that what had already come out with his mouth, out of his mouth when he says, are you cool with me being that honest? It's like, oh wait, that's the question you ask at the beginning of the conversation, not at the end. If, if you're ever in a position where you're like, are you cool with me being honest about this shit? Especially on the 
first day after you just had sex with a person for the first time, it's like, just don't do it. Just wait. Wait like two or three months in and make a fucking joke out of it. Like, I cried over Raven. Can you believe that? But now our life is this and it's so good. This is the wrong time to do it. It's the wrong thing to say. It, it just was a disaster. You can't make this play. And this is also why I love getting into a game like this this early on. None mm-hmm. of these motherfuckers know how to play this game yet. They're yeah. all just like getting drunk constantly. Feels like very raw energy. <laughs> yes, I love that. Absolutely love it. But uh, Nancy then ITMs that if you want a tall, blonde fitness girl, go to a body competition. Don't go on an experiment that might line you up with a person who's exactly the opposite of what you physically like. There's this tension between Nancy and Bartiz in the bed as we cliffhang at the end of this episode, and then we get a promo for what is on deck. We see Cole and Zaneb seem to be on track. Raven is feeling some sexual tension. We see some kissing with her and SK. She eats some Nigerian food with his family. Brandon is grilled by Alexa's family. His family tells Alexa that he runs when it gets too serious. Bartiz tells Nancy that looks do matter to him. Andrew is going to come back. Colleen tells Cole that he is the person she would normally date in the real world. Matt says there's no way he can marry this woman. And Brennan has last-minute reservations. We see a bunch of brides in their dresses, and they're all asked if they take people uh, to be their husbands and wives. Tears, and somebody is wasting time. So there's a lot coming up still in the remainder of this season. But these were pretty good games that we broke down. The bringing the, the couples together, I really love. It's a very interesting component of this game that especially in Bartisa's case or anyone's case where they were attracted to somebody else and they might have chosen that person, you now get to see them and have a direct comparison to the person you did choose. And are you more physically attracted to that person or this person? And can you overcome that physical attraction if that's the case? It's a brilliant piece of the mechanics of this game that, um, I, I don't know, it's it's probably my favorite component of the game, to be honest. The reunion. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's creating some great storylines. I mean, that's what you ultimately want is that one of the couples like breaks up upon seeing the other person. They're like, actually, I made a big mistake. And it's just because of this person's physicality. I mean, we are now I'm now caught up. I don't know anything that happens from now on. I'm very nervous for a lot of these couples (laughs) and to see these dynamics play out. And it's so awkward and... And beautiful. And I'm I'm happy to be happy to be recounting Love is Blind with you now, clues. I agree, Pace Case. And let me ask you one question. Who was your MVP? For repeatedly rolling with the punches for creating beautiful metaphors and references for being like, oh, this is any scenario. Oh, that's actually what I want. Oh, you want space? Great. I love space. I love girls who want me to have space. Complicated women. I love that about you. Oh, you fill in the blank. That's hot. SK was my M M M M V P. Who is yours? For repeatedly talking about shit and butts and cutting up turds with toilet brushes. Just kidding. (laughs) SK was also my. M-M-M-M-M-V-P. Couldn't agree with you more. The man did everything correct here. He is dealing with what I believe is the most complicated partner 
I don't know what we call that. Is that a first audience? Is that a second audience? But he's dealing with the most complicated situation of any of these other players, by far, in my opinion. And he is never making a mistake. He's, as you're saying, rolling with the punches. He's delivering whatever Raven needs. He's making it impossible for her to have a clean out. And it's just a beautiful thing to watch. He really is a high-level player. That face play that he fucking did with the brush, I don't know that I'll see something like that again. Really fucking beautiful. Thank you, SK, for for this high level of play. And thank you, everybody, for joining us for this recap of Love is Blind Season 3, Episode 3 and 4. We will be back next Tuesday with Love is Blind Season 3, Episode 5 and 6 recap. So please join us for that. No, actually, we're back Monday with our Patreon episode. Oh, that's right. And then Tuesday for the next couple episodes. That's going to be a big one, too. That Digging Deeper is going to be insane. There's so much shit. So much shit. Nancy style. Yeah. Not as much shit as, as Nancy, but close. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,561 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lords Lachey. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 